Thanks for downloading episode 87 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. for it does uh, really well to skip away from his man out to Taylor on his right hand side Cooney fizzes it into the feet of Jensen Weir fizzes it into the path of Kieran Phillips on the edge of the Lincoln box Phillips gets a oh, shot away as well across the keeper's bows and that's wide at the far post first half chance falling the way of the shrimps in the ninth minute patient build up this from Lincoln and we can't get the ball clear here might be a shot from the edge there it's deflected and that's a fine tip over the bar at full stretch from Connor Ripley it looks like it's going to be Sanders who's lining this up. It goes through the wall and into the back of the net. The opening goal of the afternoon might have taken a slight deflection, but either way, it's found the bottom corner of Connor Ripley's net. Cheap free kick given away 25 yards out, and the Shrimps are punished in the 18th minute. It's Lincoln City 1, Morecambe 0. Oh, oh, he's really well, and the shot comes in from Kieran Phillips. More brilliant play there from Caleb Watts. Snap effort from Kieran Phillips from close range, and it's back off the post. Jamie Robson with loads of time to get the ball under his spell and get a, a deep crossing towards the back post where it might be forced home for 2-0. That is a wonderful save. All sorts of pandemonium going on there. And I'm not quite sure how Connor Ripley managed to keep that out from close range, but he did. Oh, Caleb Watts is clean through oh, here and he's missed the opportunity as Rushworth spreads himself, but he was offside anyway as Jake Taylor just threaded the needle through. Kieran Phillips racing in towards the Lincoln City box. Kieran Phillips has left it a bit too late to pull the trigger. Probably should have shot a second or two earlier and that allowed Lincoln to get bodies back behind the ball. And when the shot came in, it was deflected behind by Jamie Robson for a corner, but we were in there for a second. But here comes Jensen Weir, 25 yards out. He's pulling the trigger. It's a decent effort as well. It's not far wide of Brushworth's far post and Mayer who might try and go around the outside of his man instead feeds it back to Taylor who shows really nice feet to get it back to Mayer on the left hand side chip ball towards the back post head oh. it was a good header too from Kieran Phillips and it was on target but it was straight at the keeper Carl Rushworth good play though Diamond crosses it right footed looking for Regan Paul on the back post there it might fall for the substitute and that's a good but it's going to be tapped in for 2-0 by Ben Howes and it is tapped in we didn't get the clearance then at the back post Regan Paul kept it alive it was the substitute Tashin Oakley Booth with a right footed drive that one well saved like, down to his right hand side by Connor Ripley but it fell very nicely indeed to Lincoln City's top scorer and he won't miss from there Ben Howes taps it in from close range to make it Lincoln City 2 Morecambe nil. Love fizzes it into the feet of Phillips couldn't get the ball under his spell it's a lovely ball from Love to pick him out there Stockton might chip the keeper here, you know, Stockton's oh, in the, the post. post from 40 yards out. Shades of Fleetwood Town, Stockton's got his hands on his head and that would have been some way to score his first goal of the season, wouldn't it? Love, nice play by Phillips, gets him into the path of Stockton. Needs support down this left-hand side, here comes the cavalry in the form of Adam Mayer. Nice into the feet of Melbourne once more, cross comes in from Mayer, it's a little bit overhit, it might fall for Jensen. Weir with the left What foot. a goal! Beautiful finish! Buries it into the what? bottom corner of Carl Rushworth's net. What's he given here? And I thought he'd reduced the arrears to 2-1. He's given the goal. 
well, he, has he has given the goal. He has given the goal, and a bit of confusion there because the referee blew the whistle, picked the ball up, but Jensen Weir has buried it into the bottom corner of Carl Rushworth's net from 25 yards for his sixth goal of the season. And on 81 minutes, could there be a glimmer of light for the Shrimps at Lincoln City? Two more can one. Max Melbourne picks it up on the left-hand side, crosses the ball in a really congested penalty area. Jensen oh. Weir, and he puts the ball into the car park. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. Goal kick taken. Referee puts his whistle to his lips. And it's another defeat on the road then for the Shrimps this afternoon. Being beaten by Lincoln City by two goals to one here at the LNER Stadium. We had a go in the second half, Matt. Lincoln are unbeaten at home in League One this season. And on that showing, you can see exactly why. Neat, tidy and they took their chances when they came their way they did I think again I think we, we caused some problems um, that's why again it, it's so disappointing hit the post twice big chances in the game and we can only find the uh, the back of the net once uh, I think we that's why it's disappointing Dave we, we, we could easily have come away with something there but it's uh, another defeat on the road I think, like you say, Matt, if we'd have come away with a point, it would have been a very well-earned point indeed. And I'm not sure Lincoln could have complained too much about that, given given the opportunities. I think Lincoln, they, they look really neat and tidy in possession. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I say you can see why they are unbeaten in the league at home this season. It's only their second home league victory in nine games. They drew seven and won two. But you can see why they're hard to beat. They've got a great point against Plymouth last weekend and they take all three points this afternoon but uh, we've got to try and take the positives I suppose given how well we played against Portsmouth we've got to keep positive there was a reasonable amount to shout about there as well this afternoon there was yeah it, we touched on it in the first half it was just getting that, that final ball right making sure that you know we continue to carve out the chances as we did in the uh, in the second half we got rewarded with the goal and then we pushed on from there. We carried on creating chances, just couldn't find the back of the net. Lincoln defended well. You look at a couple of decisions went against us, that 50-50 with Cole Stockton. The referee doesn't pull that back and all of a sudden Cole's racing through one-on-one on goal. Um, and you fancy him in those positions. So again, that's disappointing. But yeah, disappointing after that one for me. I, I think we easily could have come away with something and we haven't done unfortunately and on fine margins games turn don't they that Kieran Phillips effort off the post Cole's effort last season that goes off the post and finds the back of the net doesn't it yeah of course it does um, and credit to Cole for, for, for trying his luck from uh, from distance we said it at the time you know he's more than capable of finding the back of the net from, from those kind of ranges uh, and other chances start the game as well um, you look at Kieran Phillips in the uh, opening what five or ten minutes where he, he breaks through down the right hand side and flashes it across goal that goes in we've got something to defend they, they've got to come on and, and you know start attacking um, leaves them potentially open at the back so that in itself is another uh, another area to look to exploit but ultimately yeah it's, it's a tough one to take it's a tough one to take that one Matt Smith, thank you very much for your company on Shrimps Live this afternoon. And we'll speak to you, uh, well, back in these very same <laughs> seats on Tuesday night. Yeah, look forward to it. Cheers, Dave. I mean, to come away to, to Lincoln, you know, they've got a very good home record here. But um, we came here and uh, 
we dominated possession today. We created, you know, a number of very good opportunities. We hit the post twice, first half and second half. They get the first goal by uh, a deflected shot uh, off our side of the wall and in. And uh, but over the piece, um, you know, I was delighted the way we played. You know, to pass the ball the way we did, to create the openings we did. Um, you know, we shouldn't have been coming away here with no points today. So disappointing, and I suppose the disappointment was, was the first goal because it's always so important and it seemed to go through the wall if that's the case. It actually went off the side of the wall, it was actually the charge that it hit off of, so um, it just hit him on the on the side and went into the to the goal. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about that, but you know, it gave them a head start in the game. I thought it was very tight at that moment in time in the game. We had a couple of openings where uh, Kieran got in in the first half and you know dragged his shot wide. Uh, Caleb Watts got in as well, uh, and then we hit the post with uh, Liam Shaw as well. But you know, to come here and uh, dominate the way we did uh, was very pleasing. And even in the second half, you, you can see the players, you know, trying to get that uh, equaliser. And if we get the equaliser, do we go on and get the winner? You know, but. Um, to be fair to Lincoln, they defended deep, they defended well, as they have done this season, and uh, they came out with the points. So many promising signs for you today going forward, some great little inter- interaction on the edge of the box, getting the chances and getting in on goal. Yeah, I mean, we work on it, uh, you know, week on week, and we, we look at Lincoln and see how, you know, we can deal with the, the, weak, uh, the strengths and then, you know, try and get into these pockets and cause them trouble. And we did that at times today. Uh, it's just unfortunate we haven't been able to get the goal that... Uh, we would have you know, had earlier uh, to get ourselves back in the game. We don't often talk about luck, but you had none today. The goal for the free kick for them, Cole Stockton hitting the post from 40 yards, that would probably have got in last year, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that standing there and thinking you better have been a lucky manager and a good manager uh, at, at times. And, uh, you know, Cole was really unfortunate with the strike. It was it was a great hit. And as you say, it might have gone in last year. But, uh, you know, even Liam Shaw's one, you know, hitting uh, the post at times. But you can't fault the players. The players were, you know, on it throughout the afternoon. They were trying to get that victory. They worked ever so hard. Uh, and just unfortunate that we can't get that, you know, equaliser today. Another 90 minutes for young Adam Bear and again some really nice touches. Yeah, I mean, Adam's done really well since he came into the side. He, you know, he was suffering with illness, but, you know, he's played for 90 minutes today and he's controlled the ball, his game understanding is improving week on week. And, you know, I'm just delighted for uh, the players, the ones on the bench, the ones that come on. You know, we changed things today to try and uh, get the better of our position. And, uh, we, you know, it worked for us. We just unfortunate, you know, Kieran's header at the end from the cross from Adam Mir goes straight at the goalkeeper. These things are small margins. Do you feel more performances at that level and uh, things will improve? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been delighted the way we've been playing. You know, the only two games that, you know, are Cheltenham and Cambridge. The other games, we've been well in, we've competed, you know, well in, in large spells in the games. And that's what we are in League One. But, you know, to come here and, you know, speaking to a number of Lincoln people, you know, after the game, and the, I think they were surprised how well Morecambe did today and the, the way that, uh, you know, we passed the ball and created openings. Derek, so unfortunate today. Thanks very much. Thank you. Jake Taylor in from the start today, Derek, and he did well on his return to the team. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, is one that can see a pass and uh, open up defences, gets into pockets, and um, he's a, a very good talent. We took him off because, you know, it was the first game for uh, over six weeks, but uh, he's one that, uh, you know, did well for us. And trusting in youth going forward, where, what's 
Shaw, Phillips, I think they're all 20 or 21, but uh, they all did really well today. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of younger players in the squad, but, uh, you know, they're keeping, competing well uh, at this moment in time with the, the opposition. You know, we are to get another goal today. You know, it's his sixth goal of the season from midfield, which is fantastic. And uh, we're just, you know, hoping we can get some more goals. And the back four today as well, Derek, was that tactical or was that the personnel that you had available? No, it was tactical today, just from the, the, the point of view that uh, how we saw the game and huge games and uh, uh, the game on game, uh, they're big games for us. Well, Donald, a two undefeated Lincoln, but uh, you deserve far more than that today, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. I think we've hit the post twice and we've had some very good chances second half and I think not to, to not even come over points is disappointing. Still not winning games, but the performances have certainly improved in the last few weeks, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. If you can't take confidence off that, where we've come away to Lincoln, where they've got a good, a good following here, and I think we've had the majority of the game after the first half an hour, and I think it's everyone, everyone's disappointed in there, not that we at least didn't get a point. I was going to say, how, yeah, yeah, the skipper, how is how is the dressing room? They must be so so disappointed. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We're going to be disappointed after every loss, but especially when you come here and dominate like we did, and then. The goals we gave away were a bit. We'll look at watching back and see what we can do. But the first ones, Paulie hit free kick, was just lucky, and then, which is unfortunate for us. But um, now, definitely, I think the lads are going to will definitely take confidence off the the way we played. But and then go and start picking up points. Hopefully, I mean that's the thing. You've still only won two games. They're probably a third of the way through the season, but you're still very much in there. Nobody's really moving away from you either. So there's the scope to move at that table. Yeah, no, I think we need to stay around. We'd definitely stay within reach of the ones that. Um, our little table at the bottom of the league at the minute and then hopefully we can kick on from there. Let's talk about luck. I know I know you don't want to rely on luck, but you had none today, did you? you hit the post twice and if I'm convinced if Cole stopped to score from forty yards, those goals were going in last year and that might have just kicked him on again for the season. Yeah no, I think it's just not falling our way at the minute and um you can see it's not falling our way with the the way we played and then Rippers make the save and it just literally drops to their man and he taps it in and um that's the way it's going at the minute but like I said, if we don't take confidence off, that, off the way we played second half, or then we've just got to keep going. You've come back in the side, you've been centre midfield, you've been right back, you've been left back the last couple of weeks and, and you seem to have started in quite well then. Yeah, I'll play wherever, wherever I get asked to play and um, I think everyone who's come in has played well and um, I think everyone we've got a good squad, good group of lads and um, people are disappointed when you don't play but then when you come in you've got we, we like to come in and prove a point and um, that's the type of change we've got where everyone sticks together and even if you're not playing you still want the lads to go out and win but um, yeah, I'm just enjoying it I'm just enjoying it at the minute and you're back here of course Tuesday in, in the Papa John's yeah it's a quick turnaround and um, hopefully we can come and beat them next time how important now is the Papa John's it's the only cup game going to cup you just to win unfortunately losing two in a few days a few weeks ago but uh, would it be so nice for the club to get a real run in the uh, that competition now yeah definitely you got a, at the end of the, the finals at Wembley and um, that's our aim every time we play in that competition and um, we just want to go into every game and we don't we go into every game aiming to win Ironic that you're back at Lincoln just three days afterwards I know it's going to be a long long day Tuesday but um, we've got to come and put on the same performance that we did today and um, hopefully we come here and win I've not spoke to the manager I don't know his plans it'd be nice to uh, get a strong team and, and get something from that game and if he could get into the next round and who knows from there yeah I think whatever team we've got a good squad so whatever team the, the gaffer picks he's going to be strong and um well, like I said, we can, hopefully we can come in and win. Papa John's, when you start moving into the, the stage stages, knockout stages, we've not been there very often before in Morecambe in the past, but you start thinking maybe, maybe Wembley's not that far away. 
yeah, when we look at the back of your mind, but we've got to just come here and focus on the 90 minutes here and, um, like I said, put on a performance like we did today and um, we should be all right. Are Skipper, are you going to be rousing the team to, to, to doing that? Oh, I think you, you do every game and um, we've got a lot of lads who talk in there and um, like everyone's up for every game, so, um, you know, it's, it's the way it is every game. You do have that sort of dressing room that there are a lot of people who, who do talk this year, isn't it? It's, it's a real sort of leadership-first dressing room. Yeah, definitely. It's the way it should be. Everyone should be have their opinion and um, nothing's, if we even if there's an argument, nothing's personal. We've just got to take it on the chin and um, it'll only improve us out on the pitch. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. A reminder that these are available after every single game, League and Cup, home and away, Apple, Google, Spotify. You can download them, subscribe, hit the bell icon for notifications, and you can also catch up at your leisure uh, on the podcast section at beyondradio.co.uk. So onwards then, uh, back to Lincoln in just a couple of days, the second of our uh, doubleheader. At least we won't get lost on Tuesday, and we'll know where the secret hidden and sneaky car park is where we have to park uh, we won't have any problems in finding it Papa John's Trophy action last 32 and it's the only cup competition that Morecambe are left in of course being knocked out of the FA Cup and the League Cup so a run in this I know the prize money is not a massive fortune but uh, given what Derek Adams has said about uh, potentially uh, the lack of money available for the January transfer window uh, if we can progress to the last 16 then the quarterfinals it, it does start to ramp up a little bit so it all helps going into that pot doesn't it and it could be a crucial January transfer window as well with the way the season has panned out so far ahead of the game I was in conversation with Gary Hutchinson uh, from the Stacey West uh, you might have heard this in the last podcast uh, but uh, if you missed Gary uh, he is the ideal man uh, to speak about all things imps ahead of our uh, second of our double headers uh, back at the LNER stadium this coming Tuesday 7pm kickoff and uh, if you're not uh, heading down uh, why not but if you aren't then uh, full match commentary as ever on shrimps live on beyond radio and also you can listen and watch via i follow shrimps how has your season gone so far uh, from a, an outsider's point of view looks like a, a bit of a mixed bag to say the least yeah you're absolutely spot on and nothing typifies it quite as much as um the the last week or so uh, losing 1-0 to Chippenham Town in the FA Cup, which was probably our worst FA Cup result in our history. And then three days later, going to Bristol City, outplaying them for large portions of the game and winning 3-1 um, against a, a championship side. That's Lincoln City. Um, we had an awful look in October where we had six former Premier League clubs come in. I mean, I know that's kind of par for the course, but you know, we had Charlton and Sheffield Wednesday at the bank. Um, we had uh, Derby, we had to go away at Ipswich, we had to go away to Barnsley. I mean, it was just this awful run. We win at Ipswich, we win at Barnsley, we don't lose to Sheffield Wednesday or Charlton, we draw them, we beat Derby. I mean, it's just, wow, this is great. Uh, and then we go and lose at Port Vale and draw with a, a really poor, I mean, a really poor Accrington side. They are they are not a good side at all. That's us. Um, but it's a new manager. Uh, we're playing slightly different kind of style of football. There's a little bit more purpose and he's gone to a little bit of a different formation and it's bedding in, it's settling in. You know, by his own admission, he's made mistakes. And I think most of the fans are happy to to stick with him and see where it goes. We're 13th in League One. Anybody who complains about that is 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 deluded. Lots of people will, of course, be very familiar with Michael Appleton, but they won't necessarily be overly familiar with Mark Kennedy. Many people will have seen him play for various different clubs, of course. But uh, tell us about Mark Kennedy as, as a football manager. 
Yeah, he's an interesting one. Um, I mean, you and I both both know Gab Sutton. Gab Sutton's a, a Blues fan, a Birmingham fan. I messaged Gab when Mark came uh, and said, what's he like? You know, he's your assistant manager. And Gab Sutton says, I don't know. Now, if Gab Sutton doesn't know something about League One football, that has got to be a real mystery because that kid knows everything. Um, so I say kid, sorry. I don't mean that derogatory. Do you know what I mean? But he knows everything. I think he's about 30, actually, Gary. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's, just got that, he's just got that look of eternal youth, hasn't yes, he? Yes, he has, hasn't he? Damn it. You look at him, you just want to go, oh gab come on in i've got some lego for you to play with um anyway so um yeah mark kennedy i mean he, he came with no reputation he'd been at macclesfield where in 12 games he had won one and they'd got relegated you know but it, so really strange and when he was first appointed i spoke to our chief executive and he said look a lot of people in football will say this is a really good fit mark kennedy's a good fit for lincoln and vice versa but the fans won't 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 do that the fans won't say that they'll look at him and they'll say who's this um he's not well let me say he's not a complete happy clapper um so he he said the right things in the media but he's not afraid to say things that the fans perhaps don't like after the Chippenham game for instance the accused fans who claimed three at the back is negative as not knowing about football in his post-match interview so he doesn't pull any punches he's very honest and he's very much a head coach more than a manager Try and talk to him about injuries. You get nothing out of him. Players come back when they come back. He's not going to tell you three days before and that Ted Bishop's back in the team. You're just going to get the team an hour before and they go, oh, he's back. Um, but he's proven to be relatively astute. I think he's very good at making negative situations about him. So post Chippenham, I think that his comments were perhaps a little inflammatory to take the focus off what was a really young squad with five of our six attacking players injured to try and take the pressure off them a little bit. And then they went to Bristol City, win 3-1, and he comes on and says, you know, that's nothing to do with me. That's this player doing this and this player doing that. So I think he's really good at that. I think for some people, the jury's out. I think in terms of a personality, he's somewhere between Michael Appleton and Danny Cowley. I mean, Michael Appleton, who I liked a lot, was he had the personality of a snooker ball in a sock, whereas Danny Cowley had the personality of a bag of fireworks going off. Do you know what I mean? They were completely different. Um, Mark Kennedy sits somewhere in the middle there. So at the minute... We've got we've not got an awful lot to complain about, and that's enough for me. A number of clubs in well, not just in League One, uh, have gone down the young or youngish up and coming head coach who's doing assistant elsewhere, making the first steps as as number one. And I, I suppose if you take that plunge, you've got to give it some time to work it out. Yeah, exactly. You have, and I mean. Uh, Rob Edwards is a good example, I think, who was at Forest Green. Did he go to Watford and then get sacked? Probably something like that. He'll get sacked at Watford. Um, so Mark Kennedy was assistant, I think, or worked with Rob Edwards at Wolves. And when Wolves moved on, Mark Kennedy kind of stepped up into his job. And like you say, I think a lot of people, a lot of football clubs have had a look at the Brentford model and seen what happened when, was it um, Dean Smith? Was it Dean Smith left Brentford and um, Thomas Frank stepped up? I'm, I'm terrible at anything above League One. It's alien to me but nothing changed the recruitment stayed the same the tactics stayed the same the, the method of football stayed the same and so I think clubs now want to try and prove themselves against a manager walking away and all of a sudden having to start all over again they want to have that kind of model in place I think that's where we are if Mark Kennedy does well and moves on like Danny Cowley did for instance and we get compensation for him moving on somewhere else we basically want very little to change so the assistant manager could step in or a new man could step in um, so there's a lot of focus on young players as well. And I think, again, when you've got managers coming out of the under-21s and the B-team structure, Neil Critchley being a good example, of course, at Blackpool, 
they have a more uh, they have a better focus on developing young players. Sadly, that's the way football at our divisions in our divisions going, isn't it? Every team that's successful has either got young players on loan from Premier League clubs or young players who have served three or four kind of years as an apprentice and then have been released. Um, so we've got to make the most of that. Let's drill down a bit more into the team then, Gary. Give us everything we need to know about a current season Lincoln City team, formations, players to watch. What do we need to know? You've you've asked me to give you that. I could now talk for an hour and I appreciate your podcast <laughs> probably doesn't have that runtime. Um, so let, uh, let's let, kind of let's pick it up after we've beat Bristol Rovers 6-3. So we went to Bristol Rovers, we won 6-3. It was brilliant. Joey Barton was furious. Everybody loves to see that. Excellent. Um, we conceded far too many goals. That game could have finished 8-6 to, to Bristol Rovers. So Mark went three at the back, which suits us perfectly. We've got, in my opinion, some of the best centre-halves at, at this level. So to play three of them at the same time just makes sense. Um, so we play three at the back. Joe Walsh is probably the best of those. He was at MK Dons, you might remember, for, for a while. Um, he's on a, a pathway back to fitness. He's had a terrible two years, but he plays on the left side of the defence, and I think he's crucial. Regan Poole, who was a Man United youngster, was at Newport and MK Dons, um, is our captain at the moment in the absence of Tom Hopper. And then you've got anyone of, of maybe TJ Oma plays in there, um, Adam Jackson plays in there, Paddy O'Connor, who we signed from Bradford City. So we've got a real strong base and we're quite hard to beat. Um, I don't think that we've conceded two goals in a game since um, the end of September, which was when we lost or beginning of October when we lost 2-0 to Bolton. And we handed them both those goals. Giff Raptorman handed them. So we're hard to beat. We play attacking wing-backs who aren't actually attacking wing-backs. They're very much full-backs. So the fans think it feels like a five at the back. And he's just trying to find a way around that at the minute. So Jamie Robson came from the um, Scottish Premier League. He, he's been in and out at left-back with Sean Rowan. Midfield is tough. We've got some good midfielders, but probably not midfielders that suit playing two. And that's what we kind of play is then a two kind of holding central midfielders. Matty Virtue's one who's doing really well. He was a former Liverpool youngster. We've got him on loan from Blackpool, scored a belter against Bristol City. He's settling quite nicely. Then around him, it's one from any number. Probably Max Sanders, who came from Brighton again at the end of his pathway. But you've got Max Sor- um Sorry, Lass Sorensen can play in there. Um, you've got Jacob Davenport who could play in there, who we've got on a short-term deal. Ted Bishop could play in there, who's been injured and come back. Um, and then up top, we're struggling a bit because we have this um, model, this, this recruitment model of one of two players for every position. But that means two right-wingers, two left-wingers and two strikers. Well, two strikers isn't enough because if you want to go two up top in the dying stages, you've got nothing you can bring on. Tom Hopper's injured. He's been out for weeks and weeks. So you're looking at Ben House almost certainly up top. Done really well, five goals so far. Former Scotland under 21 international, really soft feet. But he ain't six foot three and you can't put a big ball on his head if you need to relieve pressure in the dying stages. But he's doing well. Um, Jack Diamond's been on loan. He's on loan from Sunderland. Done really well. I think he's got five goals, but I think three of those are penalties. Danny Mandrew, we signed from um, uh, Shamrock Rovers. He scored three and three got injured. Uh, so he's out, Charles Vernon. So we, we've got options, but at the, again, like I think I said to you last year at this time, you're not going to face the strongest Lincoln City. And we haven't been able to put out our strongest side now, probably for the duration of Mark Kennedy's reign and probably the last 18 months of Michael Appleton's, which is a real shame. Different forward options then to what you had last season. I remember obviously Anthony Scully, Louis Fiorini, John Marquis for a time. And so it's so, so a very different proposition in the final third then. Yeah, definitely. We've been 
guilty of not creating enough, but we've been clinical enough to finish those. So when you see those those kind of graphics on Twitter where, you know, it has the most wasteful and the, the least prolific and all of that, we seem to be out on our own. That We don't create many chances. But yeah, we're we're, we're that end of the spectrum as well, yeah. yeah. But to be fair, you know, you, you go to Ipswich, you win 1-0, you've got to have something about you. You know, you've got to take your chances when they come. They had 33 shots that game. I think it was only about seven on target, six on target. Um, against Accrington, we did have nine efforts, seven on target. So we're beginning to be creative. Look, you don't go to a championship side and score three goals if you don't have ability up top. And as I say, that's without Danny Mandriu, who we don't know when he's coming back, but who's a real danger. Um, I, I just think we've left ourselves a little bit light. We've played teams this season like um, Accrington, like Forest Green, like Fleetwood, who 70 minutes, they're trailing, they're chasing the game, they bring a lump on. Forest Green did it, we were beating them. Connor Wickham, come on, got the goal. Fleetwood did it, they brought Promise, somebody or other on, I can't think of his name. They were 2-1 down. He flicked someone on in the final few minutes. Bingo, it's 2-2. So that's what we lack. But then we know we're a work in progress. You know, we're not the same team that went to the playoff final two years ago. That was an anomaly. That was the, the wage cap. That was, you know, the gods aligning, Pluto and Uranus and all that sort of thing. This is the actual project, the real deal. Tell us about your goalkeeper as well, Gary. Uh, Carl Rushworth, he's, he's a, it's got a, already a brilliant reputation. I know a few Walsall fans from last season and they, and they said he's absolutely incredible. Really good goalkeeper. Doesn't look the biggest. Uh, really good keeper. Been injured twice this season already and come back. Um, great shot stopper. Looked like any young keeper. He has made the odd error here and there. I think the, was it Port Vale, where he's rather than kind of push a ball away, he's pushed it back into a striker's feet and he scored. But that happens. We've done really well with goalkeepers over the past few years. We had Alex Palmer, who's now West Brom's number one. We had Josh Griffiths, who who's having a real rough time actually down at Portsmouth at the moment. Um, so we do well. We have a really good backup as well in Jordan Wright. He was a, a forest lad, about six foot ten or something. He's absolutely huge and he's been called into action. But but what you need at this level is for for continuity, in my opinion, is a settled goalkeeper who understands his back four. We didn't have that last year. We played 23 different combinations of back four in League and Cup. This season, it's you know, it's almost always Regan Paul, Paddy O'Connor, Adam Jackson with Joe Walsh dipping in and out. Carl Rushworth behind that. They're getting that understanding, and that's why we keep in clean sheets. So you look at the league table, you see that little old Morecambe are coming across to play you just, well, as we speak, hopefully it's going to be three wins from 18 games, two wins from 17 at a time of recording on Friday, tea time before our respective uh, weekend games. It's, it's going to be an easy victory, isn't it? Never. No, I'd never ever say that. First of all, Lincoln City beat the teams they're not meant to and lose to the teams that they're not meant to. And please, I put that in inverted commas um, because it's so easy to fall into the trap of looking at a team and going, oh, they don't get as many fans as us. They don't have the same budget as us. They're in this position. They're in that position. It's an absolute fallacy. It, you know, Sheffield Wednesday were third. We drew with them. Ipswich were second or top. We beat them. Who knows? Tomorrow we might go and beat Plymouth, and then you guys come and you beat us. I think that um, that is it is uh, the way that some fans think. Oh, absolutely it is. Um, but there's very, very little difference between the bottom six and the top six in this division, in my opinion, because on any given day, anybody can beat anybody. Hard work and application will get you um, so far as well. And the honest truth is that this division isn't as good as, you, as, as a lot of the bigger teams seem to think it is. OK, you've got your Ipswiches and your Sheffield Wednesdays who can spend money 
Um, but outside of that, is there a massive difference between Cambridge, Exeter, Port Vale, Accrington, Morecambe, Lincoln, Oxford? No, we're all pretty much of a muchness. And and that's I say that with the greatest of respect. But the, the little wins are where it's the managers who can outthink the other manager. Because you proved it last year on any given day. We came to you. We, we were expected to win that game. We were comfortably beaten. You came to us. It was on a knife's edge. It was 2-1. Probably deserved something from that game. We were really, really poor. Yeah, you look at Morecambe and you go, should be beating teams like Morecambe. It's disrespectful and it's lazy punditry. That's an interesting thing that you've said there, Gary, because a lot of people who I speak to, they describe League One as the haves and the have-nots. And you've got the eight or nine clubs with money to spend and they're going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. And then you've got the rest of the league one or, or maybe a middle section of neither here nor there's and then a, a bottom half section, if you will, who haven't got the money to spend. And they are all much of a muchness. But from what you've said, you don't quite share that opinion. No, look, I think your budget probably dictates where you're going to finish. And I think if you're... Sheffield Wednesday or a Derby or a Barnsley in January comes around, you've got the means by which to go out and and kind of strengthen and cover any injuries. Whereas if you are, again, with the greatest respect, Morecambe or Accrington or, or, or a team who of that kind of ilk, you probably haven't. And we do sit somewhere in the middle of that. But I think in terms of actual ability, actually on the pitch, lining up face to face, I don't think there's any game where one team can go into it and say, we should absolutely categorically win this game. And, you know, and Accrington are a classic example of that because now for longer than we've been in League One, they've been in this le- at this level. Accrington Stanley, in terms of big clubs, and, and for listeners, I'm doing that awful little quotation <laughs> thing with my fingers. But in terms of big clubs, Accrington Stanley are smaller than half of the League Two. No doubt whatsoever. They're not as big as Stockport. They're not as big as Bradford. They're not as big as Grimsby. I could go on and on and on. But what do they do? They stay in League One every year. Why? Because they've got a good manager who understands how to approach games. He'll change his approach to each to each team as well. He'll, and, and Derek Adams, to a degree, is like that. He's been at this division. He knows what you need to do. He knows when he's going to shut up shop. He knows when he's going to nullify a certain threat from another team. And, you know, it, money is a little bit of a, a, a given and, and, and a little bit of luck as well, keeping injury free and having the personnel to do what you need to do. But I think if you've got a manager like Joe, like John Coleman and like, dare I say it, I'm not blowing smoke up your rear, but but, but a, a Derek Adams, somebody like that, who understands the division, knows how to nullify, knows which points to go and get, knows where, you know, I'm going to go for a draw here or we can get this or we can nick this or that. There isn't, there isn't an awful lot of difference. And that's why you see Cambridge, for instance, doing well at the minute. They shouldn't have done well last year. They came up, they lost the leading scorer. Mark Bonner's got no real reputation in the game, but he understands his players, he understands his opposition, and he implements game plans accordingly. And But sometimes it's, it, it is about obviously knowing the teams that you're playing in your respective division and, and having that game plan. It's unpalatable with some fans, though, isn't it, who think they should be super attacking, think you should go out to try and win every game. But it's a long, old season, isn't it? And and I think that's what Derek Adams, from our point of view, has been trying to say to a lot of the fans who are perhaps starting to turn against him given the season that we've had and, and how, well, let's be honest, how poorly we've played in some, in some games. The manager is saying that we are setting up to win every game and it doesn't appear to be the case. But uh, as you've rightly said there, Gary, it is all about 
that, that game by game, you've got to know your opposition. And more to the point, you've got to know what your players within your squad are capable of. Yeah, 100%. Look, we set up to win the Barnsley game and we did that by letting them have the ball for 70% of the time. So setting up to win a game means a very different thing to somebody in football to, than a paying fan. A paying fan thinks setting up to win the game is, is you know, two four four, two centre-backs and then going gung-ho. It absolutely isn't. And having a plan B or a plan C or an alternative approach if it doesn't work is also really crucial. And that's one reason Michael Appleton lost our fans last season because he had one way of playing and that was it. And we would get to games, for instance, MK Don's Boxing Day, where we were 2 nil up. We'd played a certain way. It was leaving us open at the back. We'd ridden our luck, but we'd 2 nil up. What you want is a manager who's then savvy enough to go, right, I'm taking this player off. I'm going to shrink back a little bit. We'll let him have the ball. We'll have two banks of four. But he couldn't do that. And that flexibility is something that we'll also see teams either do well or not do well. Mm. So, for instance, if, if we play Bristol Rovers, when we played Bristol Rovers, they had um, one fit centre-back. Uh, then they got another one's red card rescinded and then Joey Barton dropped him anyway. So he had one fit centre-black, played three at the back. We knew that if we were to target and, and kind of go all out attacking, we could score goals. We scored six. Since then, we've played three at the back and we've, you know, we've, we've had very few shots on goal in certain games. So being able to kind of twist things around um, is really important. And for fans, I'm afraid, sometimes you just have to bite down and accept that there will be runs of games where you look really poor because fans think that a game of football is poor if their team doesn't have the ball. Whereas Mark Kennedy against Bristol City came out and said, Lincoln City, we're at our best when we don't have the ball. We're brilliant when we don't have the ball. But it's like you know, it's like watching chess, isn't it? If you're watching football where you don't have the ball, it's like, what am I watching? I'm watching the other team pass the ball around. So, you know, but sometimes that's a necessity. Parking the bus and, and trying to nick it is great, though, when it works. When it doesn't, it's, it's the worst thing in the world, isn't it? Oh, we played Charlton a couple of weeks ago. And both teams had three shots on goal, one on target. I mean, it was just the most turgid game I've ever had the misfortune to witness. But it's a clean sheet and a point at home. I mean, <laughs> you know, against the team who have been in the Premier League recently. And so if fans won't think that they want to go back to 2016-17, which they call the glory days, you know, when we were beating Tranmere 2-1 at home to go top of the National League, I know exactly where I'd rather be all day long. And you know, we're great at parking the bus. The trouble is when you do it at home, and that's where that bringing it kind of back round to our game, that's where next Saturday's game is going to be really interesting for us. We can do it against Plymouth tomorrow or today, as your feed uh, listeners are listening to this. We can park the bus, we can look to nick it. But like you alluded to earlier, when a team like, inverted commas again, Morecambe comes to Sinsel Bank, you've got to be able to go and attack them. Because if two teams park the bus and just sit there, it's going to be like that scene from The Simpsons where you know everyone just gets bored in the end. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.